Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me as always are my good buddies, Eddie Guevara, Chuck and Sherry Caputo. And today we have on our good buddy, Jason, the Karate Man, Blakely. What's up, everyone? Hi. Hello, guys. All right, all right. So we have uh, we have a lot of people on today. This is going to be a uh, a great conversation. I mean, we got five of us going today, and it is the the new year. We are on. We're we're recording this on the seventeenth, so we are a little over two weeks into the new year. How's everyone's new year uh, holding up so far? Chuck cool. and Sherry, everything going well? A lot of yeah. shows. Yeah, keeping busy. You know what? We've been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we've been and um uh our daughter-in-law's mother had a minor operation she had a knee replacement so we've so sherry's been cooking some food for her we're going to bring some over again tomorrow so uh, yeah you know so when we're not working we're always we're always doing something right sherry that's right <laughs> yep <laughs> gotta be keeping busy How, how's the shows going this year chuck are you pretty booked up so far good yeah you know what january was very busy uh february uh is slowing down a little bit which is good because i got a lot of stuff to do here man it's yeah to do and we're getting to, we're getting ready to go away next week yeah we're gonna go to yeah. columbus to the magi fest so that'll be kind of cool Ooh, that sounds pretty <laughs> cool so what is the magi fest well it's about uh four days long and i think lance burton's gonna be the the, the mc for a lot of the magic shows out there <laughs> and so yeah you know what it's just a it's just a really cool time of uh magic magic and more magic yeah it's like it's like wow magic <laughs> and uh yeah so we're gonna get a room out a room out there i think it's at the is it i can't remember the hotel yeah it's a very nice one and they and they got dealers rooms you know it's a pretty much like the monster bash we went to joe but it's all with uh you know but it's all with magic so do uh, they have people performing all day or is it like lectures or what's the... it's like a combination of everything yeah all okay. of the above uh, performers lecturers competitions. Uh, competitions even so it's actually kind of neat you know what and i'll i'll bump into a lot of people that we know i'm sure uh we have we were dating Sherry and I since yeah. what 1990, huh? Yeah, so that was quite a while ago. So, are you going there for just you know relaxation and fun, or are you actually performing there? No, I don't feel like we, I, you know, what I perform so much with these shows, Joe. I don't <laughs> feel, yeah, I might bring a couple little close up things to show them, you know, like similar to the stuff I brought that, that I showed you, you know, yeah. what because you know, because there's a bunch of guys that sit around all night, you know, like out in the lobby, you know, doing tricks and so forth. So, that'll be interesting. You know, that, that's funny because it's the same thing at Monster Bash at yeah. night. You know, the I think the last movie ends, you know, depending on if they're on schedule, it usually ends about 2.30, 3.30, somewhere yeah. around there. And, um, you know, some people don't like to, to sit and watch the, the later movies. I, I do, but, you know, starting around like midnight, 11 o'clock or midnight, you know, people start, you know, gravitating to the lobby area and they sit around and they... uh they talk monster stuff or you know whatever and and you know usually sometimes i'm coming out of the movie room at 3 4 o'clock and yeah. they're still out there talking it's a renaissance so wow. yeah it, it seems like it's it's the same thing everywhere so yes you know what sherry just looked it up joe it's it's the renaissance hotel in downtown columbus, downtown columbus. yeah it's a really good one you know i stayed at a renaissance i think it was a renaissance in uh pittsburgh mm-hmm. about oh my gosh almost 18 years ago or so and it was it was beautiful so i wonder if it's the same kind of company yeah they yeah they always they always have it pretty late out there and they have a restaurant inside they're pretty much like at monster bash and stuff so you can eat and drink whenever you want so that's cool you know you don't have to you don't have to worry about driving all over the place you know it's all taken care of so it'll be It'll it'll be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Just hope the weather is what is good because we have to drive over there. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that could throw a curveball, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, so far it's been 50 degrees. I mean, who knows? Yeah, really. Yeah, today's beautiful. <laughs> I know. This is nice spring weather, you know. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, then we it'll snow this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So, well, that's good. I'm glad your guys' New Year's uh gonna be starting off well and everything, and uh. You know what? I'm going to turn it over to Jason and see what's new with him. Uh, see if he's got oh. any new um, karate or martial arts uh, mags that he's added to his collection. And 
hopefully he'll talk about this one that he posted on the forum. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure how you pronounce it. Uh, a, a, a condo? A condo? A condo? condo, maybe. Yeah. So what's well, up, Jason? Uh, Chuck's Chuck and Cherry sound like they got way more interesting stuff going on than I do. Oh, I, I hardly no. leave the house anymore. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no. that's right. I, I I'm the same way. I hey, I got all my stuff at the house. But yeah, so what's new with you? Have you have you gotten any uh, any new uh, booklets or pamphlets or anything over the last couple of weeks? Uh, I did manage to trace down a kung fu book that I've been looking for for a while. And I don't know what happened. There's like the stars aligned. And I found a French translation of this Kung Fu manual that it was originally published in North America. And then not two days later on eBay, up pops the English version, uh, mint copy. And so I, I didn't have to order the, the French version, but now I have both. Um, and the U.S. is a nicer, nicer printing. They went two color print rather than one color like the, uh, the French version. Um, wow, cool! But there yeah, was a was book. There so was a strange. book, Jason, that I bought when I was a, in like fifth grade. Uh, whew, that was probably nineteen seventy-five. It was actually from Johnson Smith, and, and it was it, uh, to teach you uh, how to, I don't know, fight with karate or something. It was a, it was a, it was a paperback book, but it was pretty neat. It had a glossy cover, if I'm not mistaken. It was, oh. it was, it was black and white, but it had a little bit of red in it too, somehow inside. It had the individual drawings and so forth. It was really cool, man. I wish I still had that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, does that particular one ring a bell to you? It was it was through Johnson Smith. I know I bought it through there. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been buying the the Johnson Smith ones, especially because I've been going for the ones that have um, had their own advertisements. Kind of. Oh, I see. The big full pagers are the the nice ones to get, but yeah, it, it's yeah, rare boy, to see glossy at all on these things that they're so cheaply produced. Yeah, I think the cover was a glossy cover. Again, but it was a it was like a heavy uh you know glossy cardstock if i remember right i mean this was 50 some years ago i'm going by memory <laughs> everything yeah, was shiny you know, back then Jeez. yeah but you know what uh, but if i remember right there was like gouging eyes out and, oh you know, well that yeah, would have been like, uh count dante's book was all about yeah it was like throat, throat punches and everything i said holy smokes i don't know about this you I'm gotta like, love the throat punches <laughs> yeah so tossed out of school if i do something like this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i did take uh chinese kempo jason when I was oh. maybe about 16, 17. You know what? I back, love martial arts. It's, back in the rough know, days. Jeez. Yeah, I took uh, Chinese Kempo. I was up to uh, almost a brown belt, and then I quit. And uh, uh, But I would like to get back into it. That was – and it keeps you in good exercise. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was really mm -hmm. neat. Yeah. yeah, when COVID started, I, I kind of stopped going to the dojo for a few years, and you can see age catch up with you. So I, have, I, I can't stop now. I, had, I went back and got back into shape, and now I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. Best thing to do, man. Yeah, if you let you know, uh, you know, I'm 58 years old. I'm the almost 59. I'll be 50, 59 next week. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the Sherry part. just had to throw that in there. Yeah, she likes to toss that in. You know, it's his birthday next week. He's on the same day as our daughter-in-law, Cassie. Isn't that, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, well, next week, what, Sherry? Make sure you remind us so that we could sing "Happy Birthday" on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we sung it for you for years, so we got to do it for Chuck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, but I tell you what, Chuck, I looking at this uh, this um, ad that Jason put online, and, and it, you know, you want to get back into martial arts? Yeah. This sounds like the one for you and anybody out there. I'm going to read a little bit about it, and then uh, I'm going to have Jason explain a little bit about it, and then also the uh, the accompanying picture underneath, which is absolutely fantastic. But Defend yourself and fear no man when you master Icondo, the combat system that can save your life and change it. Life is not a game. Icondo is not a sport. It is a deadly self-defense system using the best of karate, kung fu, judo, and aikido. It is a razor-sharp system of action response. It is the final answer to violence in the streets. <laughs> violence by the thief. By the thrill seeker, by the bully, violence that can strike you down and touch the lives of those you love. Icondo has the answer to any hostile attack, whether by fist or foot, open hand or weapon. Icondo is the combat system that can save your life and change it for the better. That's, I mean, that wow. sounds awesome. I mean, yeah. 
I want to purchase a condo, yeah. study it, and walk the streets, hoping that somebody <laughs> will want to test. Yeah, sign, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> so, Jason, what's I've you know I've seen, and I'm sure we've all seen a lot of these ads, but I've never seen one for a condo. Is this? Uh, do, do you know anything about this one, or, or Eddie? Can you jump in and know anything about this this system? Well, Jason, go ahead first. No, no, you you go ahead. You you ordered it. Well, the, the system originally originated, believe it or not, in Fort Lee area. Like if you see really old ads for it, it's in Fort Lee. And it was quite around the same time as Cal Dante was running his ads around. There's several ads for the Icondo. Uh, I ordered the book, I think back in 19, I don't know, 79, 1980, I think. But I recall it being a series of about three or four pamphlets. Now, when I mean pamphlets, I'm talking about little booklets, you know. Um, I remember they were gray and dark uh, front, but did I ever read them? No. Did I ever look at it? Not really. Uh, it's kind of like me, really. I, I figured that just owning the book, I had the power to master. <laughs> now, one thing I wanted to say, which is really kind of important here. Uh, Joe, I've noticed that you've talked a lot about martial arts and, you know, you've been in the... You've been hiding behind the curtain there. Aren't you one of those masters that should tell us a little bit about those legendary uh, martial arts? I, I, I know nothing that Count Dante hasn't taught me. <laughs> ah, that's the, that's the only nothing. one. I see, I see nothing, right? I know nothing. That, that's it. But I tell you what, you know, Jason, this um, this photo that you have accompanying the, uh, the picture here on the website, this U.S. Army Special Forces only hand-to-hand fighting manual it says karate taekwondo st31-204 mm -hmm. now this isn't an actual military manual what, what is this manual apparently it was produced at fort bragg in around 1975 for their taekwondo club and i i've i post i looked online and i've tracked down a guy whose dad was actually a member of that club and um he wow. identified the two people who were in the in the pictures in the book and things like that so as, as far as an interesting book it's interesting but as far as icondo it's not icondo which made me it's, a little it, sad it's not an, and jason had mentioned that and the reason i'm mm -hmm. saying that's definitely not icondo i was in a florida by my mom's house there was an army and navy store there for years and if you know joe and, and chuck i know you i'm sure you guys been to them they always have like a corner where they sell manuals and books oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And that book was selling there for like $7.99. They had it in a basket. I picked it up and looked at it. So Icondo, I think, would be more of a book that would it actually I remember it saying Icondo in the cover. Um it's kind of like a lot of people, a lot of you guys don't realize that there's also there were uh like the course from Charles Atlas and everything, they all had a compressed course on, on, on you know, karate and stuff mm -hmm. enclosed with most of them. Uh, that was included in the Charles Atlas, the Joe Weider course. They all had a built-in, you know, uh, karate or jujitsu. And then again, there was one in Johnson Smith that consisted of about 10, 11 booklets. And it was like, back then it was like $18. Mm -hmm. And it was an entire course in jujitsu as well. So they were very popular in the 70s. They seem to take advantage of that 70s um, fear of walking the streets thing that was going on back yeah. <laughs> Or suckers. <laughs> so what was the big, what was the reason that martial arts became so big in like the, the late 60s and especially Ooh, in, in the I got, 70s? I got, I got two words. Maybe Jason well, would agree. <laughs> Start with Bruce, B, B and L? Well, Bruce, yeah, <laughs> That's Bruce what I was Lee. thinking too. No, 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 you know Lee, what? I'm a Bruce huge Lee. fan of Bruce Lee. I mean, I've always, that guy was unbelievable. And he died way too young. I mean, yep. wow. Uh, his last movie was, uh, uh, what was that? The uh, Faces of Death, I believe. Was it Faces uh, of Death? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I think, no, I, wasn't it the one right after Into the Dragon? Yeah, he, he died halfway through this, so mm -hmm. they had a quick production. And then that was the one with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then through, like, you know, different types of clever uh, shooting with the editing and so forth, they did finish the movie. Um, the and uh, that was such a cool movie. Yeah, you know what, I've, I've always been of Death, yeah. You know, one thing I'm going to put in about that is the same thing as Chuck. And, and you know, we both came we're both the same exact age. In fact, I like to say Chuck is older than me by a few months. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the point I'm trying to say is that 
1970, all you talked about, all you saw on television on Sundays were Bruce Lee movies and Chuck Norris. And then Chuck Norris was also a big head where he had, uh, I think it was Good Men Wear Plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good good Men Wear Plates. That yeah, we're black. 78, 79. Right. Yeah. And they were big and, and everybody. And then, of course, uh, you know, I said proceeded. I believe what's his name um, was also there. Um, you know, Van Damme and all. But I mean, Van Damme came in the 80s and stuff. But I'm Yeah. And Steven, Steven Seagal later on, too, came out. So, so was Bruce Lee the reason that all these martial arts pamphlets started coming out? Because... I don't know. Jason would know better than me, but I think that is something. I think, I think, I think it was more of a perfect storm. There was so you had the the kung fu movies came in mm-hmm. in the late sixties and seventies, and yeah. then you had Bruce Lee that fired it right into the popular yeah. consciousness, and then you had the kung fu TV series in nineteen seventy two that also fired it up, and that then you had so the cool. violence in the streets thing going on. <laughs> well, and, and apparently a lot of bullying back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> Every school had a bully, that's for sure. But one thing I wanted to tell you, though, is I think one that also helped propel the, um, you know, and which I had spoken to Jason about it yesterday was Count Dante. Uh, he had the most ads and, and he uh, he started that deadliest man alive type of thing. So I think everybody followed because if you look at the older ads, uh, mostly the really older ads are uh, not as violent as Count Dante's. And then Count Dante comes in the scene and, and everything you see is like Kondo. There was another one called, um, which is the one you say you took, uh, Chuck? A Chinese Kempo. Kempo. There was another called Ketsugo. Yeah, right. Ketsugo. I, I never heard of that, but there was all sorts of names coming out in comic books. Jason, are you familiar with Ketsugo? Uh, yeah, I've got Ketsugo. that book right over there. That one came out in the 60s. That one was an earlier one. I think it branched off of judo and jujitsu mostly. You know, the thing that was cool about Bruce Lee, I mean, he was so knowledgeable and everything. He came out with his own style of fighting. It was called the way of the intercepting fist. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was Jeet Kune Do. And yep. uh, yeah, his, uh, his uh, book is pretty cool. I, uh, quite a few times is it was the tale of Jeet Kune Do. It was, you know, he had, he had a philosophy in life, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he was something, he was really amazing. Yeah. He picked pieces from, from wherever it seemed like it was a good fit and put them together. It was uh, exactly. You know, one thing I'm going to tell you guys, which I, I found out recently, which I was really amazed about is going, growing up, of course, everybody wanted karate. Uh, for some reason, karate sounded better than Kung Fu. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it overpowered Kung Fu over a time where people was like, hey, I don't want to take Kung Fu. I want to take karate. So I got to tell you something, though. Um, with all the stuff that I've seen, and there was one, my friend went to a particular school for Kung Fu back in 19, I know, 81, I guess, 82. And the school was, the guy was in front of a Black Belt, Black Belt magazine cover. He was a champion and all that stuff. But I got my son when he was little into Taekwondo. And obviously I paid for like the whole year. And uh, guess what? The kid shows up for like a month or two and then I lose the money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I well, couldn't a, get him. That's a mistake paying for a whole year. <laughs> well, yeah, I found out the hard way. And then I'm like, never going to pay for any of my kids. But That's, that's the way they like to do it. That's, that's they the, like to do the it. standard. But, but he did when he was, uh, I don't know, on his own, he joined the class about seven, eight years ago. And it was a Gracie. Now, I, I had heard a lot about uh, jiu-jitsu from uh, the Gracies. They're from uh, Brazil, right? Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yep. yep. And they were this thing. They, there's two twin brothers or something. They're called the Meow Bros, like Meow from a cat, cat. And I thought it was kind of funny the way you call it Meow Brothers, you know? And they, apparently, I don't know how it was, but there's a Gracie studio that's not too far from my house. It was started by one of them or something like that. And my son started attending there about eight years ago. Wow. And he went as far where he, I think he's like about six or eight months away from the black belt in jiu-jitsu. But he started opening my eyes. And, and I remember reading in the Johnson Smith ad where it said that jiu-jitsu was like the best of all of them together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever, you know. But I actually saw competitions on television where you have the Gracies, especially I think one of the sons, because the original Gracies, he's, I think he passed away. I'm not sure. But Twice or? Uh... He, he, well, uh, the thing is that they, they, it's crazy. He goes against the one son that's very famous. He mm-hmm. goes against a Kung Fu master, against a karate master, and he comes out winning all of them. And I was really shocked. I was like, wow. 
So it really proved, I think, that jujitsu, in a sense, is really more like a fighting thing, and the other ones are mostly show. And of course, mm-hmm. back in the seventies, it led for a lot of big mouths that were able to, <laughs> you know, take people like me and Chuck and just steal our money. <laughs> thinking we were, and and everything they sold, even even in our house, used to sell pocket gym. Will slap muscles, yeah, on the chest, and it was a rubber you pulled between your arms. Yeah, my uh, brother was seven years old me and uh, he had he had ordered a couple of those <laughs> yeah it was basically two pieces of dial rod thick dial rod with an elastic tied yeah between it. And, and, and you know remember you guys remember oh chuck do you remember the one that was a bar a big giant spring in the middle and you're supposed to bend it in half oh yeah i remember that mm-hmm. yeah oh, one of those bars my father-in-law <laughs> is kind of crazy uh the, the the rubber section it goes because it's like a bike handle on it yeah and it went off and it almost broke his jaw <laughs> that thing snapped back and and you know the bull worker. The bull yeah. worker was another famous thing that built yeah. the muscles. And everything was, uh, I guess, everything went around the fact that it would make you stronger, would make you better. And they always used to say, "Become the envy of your friends yeah. and the admiration of the girls." Exactly. And that's what I think they sold it the best. Oh yeah, and you know what? We were all scrawny kids, so that played into it. You know what I mean? We were. I was, you know, I was such a thin kid. I was average height, average weight, barely average. You know, you, so we all fit into that category. You know, you it's look like karate kid. Are you the one that they used in the Charles Atlas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, Sherry's right. I kind of did look like Ralph Macchio a little bit, huh? When I was yeah, young. when you were younger, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, were like look, karate kid. Look like the karate kid uh-huh. a little bit. Off the poster picture, I I think I got one over. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah <laughs> then you blossomed. But, but I don't I don't think we lost the liking for martial arts because even in the eighties with Steven Seagal and. Yeah. It, it still continues to this day. I think it's not as much as it was in the early 70s. No. Which was a guess Bruce Lee, because I remember in my school, everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee. Oh, and, man. And so, Jace, uh, I, I tell you, you actually picked a good trade. A lot, it's a lot of people still like that. I mean, Joe was so <laughs> quiet about it, but Joe is the only one I know that comes out with some weird booklets. We never even heard it. <laughs> well, you and know, then, I, I still think that even in the 80s, that martial arts was was huge, but it was it was bigger in a different demographic, and I think it switched from, uh, you know, in the sixties and seventies. I think it was geared more towards like a, an older crowd, you know, the mm-hmm. crowd that was, you know, going out at night or walking, you know, around the streets or whatever that would have been in those situations. Whereas the eighties, it started being geared a little bit more towards kids mm-hmm. and um, kind of like that younger generation. I mean, you had some really cheesy you know, martial arts stuff with, with John claude Van Damme, you had Bloodsport. The Karate Kid was, you know, absolutely huge, which yeah. was geared towards um, geared towards kids and all that. And you had um, you had some other ones like Big Trouble and Little China that were were very comedic. The Last Dragon that was kind of uh, that was kind of comedic, and uh, tons of other ones, you know, that were had little kids as being ninjas or, or were very cheesy that were geared towards, you mm-hmm. know, a younger audience, you know, and even into the teens and all that. And then what was, what was really weird is that you look at, um, you know, the, the explosion of cartoons during the eighties and there was tons of different, you know, animated cartoons that were coming out um, basically to sell toys and all that, but Saturday morning cartoons and one of the most popular series that was out in the eighties was GI Joe. Oh yeah. And when you look at GI Joe, why was GI Joe so popular? Well, it was, it was, you know, military stuff. It was cool and all that, but their most popular figures in that was snake eyes and storm shadow, which were also, they were ninjas. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and so was Samurai Jack. Who was that? that was Samurai Jack. You oh, you got to see that series, Joe. That was a great, was- great series. Who was Sam? Was that in the eighties? No, yes. two thousand, I think, or nineteen nineties or two thousand. But oh, really? Wow! It, it is an excellent, excellent. Oh, was that series. the one on uh, Cartoon Network? Yes. Yes, I did see that one. Yeah. Yes, that was very big. I thought you were going to mention him. I was kind of like, I had to get it. Out. Well, I'm I'm building up to it. So you had the um, you had you know, in the eighties, you had uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, and then a few other ninjas like Jinx. That were you know in the eighties, but then towards the end of the eighties and into the not into the early nineties, especially with GI Joe ninjas were were very big. So they had the whole line of ninjas. That, you know everything was ninja this ninja that. Everybody was a ninja. Yeah, and, and the they, turtles. They, Don't forget the turtles. Yeah, the turtles. yeah you, you had the, the the ninja turtles, which that all that continued selling great into the nineties, and then it seems like 
kind of like mid and late 90s, it was kind of stale and then, you know, picked up a little bit in, in the early 2000s. Do you kind of see it that way, you know, as well, Jason? Because it seems like it, like the mid and, and late 90s, it kind of died out a little bit. Yeah, there's definitely up. I think there was more extreme sports than, than, um, than martial arts going on in that period. Well, yeah, the skateboarding and yeah. you had all that all that stuff at that time. But yeah, it seems it seems like you know ninjas were always big. And then um, I do remember that Samurai Jack now um, that was on um, yeah, Cartoon oh, Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network. Yeah, I think that was early two thousands. But it you know even you know from say two thousand to today, it it doesn't seem like that area is as big as it was, you know, especially during the, the sixties through, you know, the early nineties. Joe, uh, you're saying something that really made a lot of sense. And for a man that knows very little about martial arts and it's not a, (laughs) some type of hidden ninja that doesn't tell us about it, you know, more than all of us here. But anyway, you did make a lot of sense (laughs) in what you said, but Joe, I think what you hit it on the nose is, the early seventies and stuff. What did uh, somebody's typing away there? Oh yeah, just just oh. working, just working on the oh. side here. <laughs> the, the, uh, no, I was gonna say one of the things I want to tell you, which is true. I think they built in the early seventies because of the fear in the area and stuff that people had, and and the reason is that even the guy who invented the X-ray glasses, Carol Vanderhut, on fear sold that Kali Yuga. That remember that? Oh, the Kaliyuga, yes. The Kaliyugas. That that was like that bar that you. It shows like hitting somebody, knocking them out. So yeah, you're right, Joe. Do you have you one of those, Eddie? Jeez. You know, and and I think too during the '80s is that you had a lot of these action stars that were martial arts based, and they seemed larger than life. I mean, you had Jackie Chan, you know, that, that blew up. You had uh, mm-hmm. Steven Seagal, Michael Deer Deercorf. I think that's how you say Deer. Dudikov or something like that. Oh, Dudikov, yeah. Yeah, Dudikov. American I mean, Ninja. You had yeah. you had uh. Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita that were, you know, with the karate kid that was uh, bigger than life. John Claude Van Damme. Um, you had Chuck Norris. So you had all these, you know, guys that were larger than life action stars and doing martial arts. And, of course, ki- you know, kids wanted to, to be like them. And I think that they really propelled that genre of, of movies, Did you know, you- and, and just like everything, it, it goes in, in cycles and you put so much of it out at after a while, people are going to get worn out and be like, eh, you know, what's next on, on, the, on the zeitgeist? Let's, let's, you know, this is getting kind of old. But I, I kind of think that's a reason, too, is why it died down in the 90s is because through the 80s and the early 90s, it was just just overload. Yeah, it was everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I think Joe what really helped and Jason is also the wrestling popularity of the 80s. Oh, that's true. Because yeah. wrestling, oh, yeah. wrestling propelled people into that, and then that's when mixed martial arts and stuff started taking over the scene. But I think the wrestling had a lot to do with it as well. Well, when did uh, UFC hit the scene? Was that in the, the mid-90s, late 90s? It yes, been around they... 93, 92, I think, yeah. So, you know, I'm wondering if that was you know kind of like the, the death of the, the ninja or the martial arts, because that was a whole... You know, this is the, this was kind of brand new, especially for a lot of people in the uh, the Western world, where we didn't really see this this type of stuff because we were, like you guys just said, you know, we were so used to WWF in the the eighties, and even as kids, I mean, we knew it was you know kind of fake and all that, but we still loved mm-hmm. it and we we liked watching. Now you have this UFC that's coming out, and you have these guys that are just out there demolishing, and you could see, you know their body transformation from getting hit yeah, and see the teeth flying. Yep. So I think that the, I think the realness of this kind of, uh, you, you know, led to the destruction of, you know, uh, the, the whole ninja thing and all that. But then at the same time, you know, WWF, you know, they were, they were going in their own direction and they were, you know, the whole attitude area was getting, so you had the WWF that was popular and now you had this new, um, UFC that was hitting the scene that was just exploding and it's still you know huge to this day. Whereas you look at something like WWF and it's kind of taking more of a backseat to it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? We had something here back in the late '60s, the, the early '70s out here in Pittsburgh. It w- it was just called Studio Wrestling and it was hosted hosted by Bill. He was the guy that hosted Chiller Theater out here in Pittsburgh for like 23 years, and it was on every Friday night. And uh, you know what? Uh, Bruno Sammartino was a Pittsburgh guy. And he was oh, yeah. On there. Uh, jumping Johnny DeFazio. You know what? He was on there. You know, there was a bunch of local Pittsburgh guys that were all on there. It was 
popular. Uh, I, th- I think it went to the tri-state area, so it probably went out to where you were, Joe. And what was it called again? Just Studio Wrestling, and that was about 1968 to about maybe 73. Well, that's I'm a little just... bit before my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You Joe even... Yeah, a little bit before my time. <laughs> I think Joe's older than he really is. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah, bit you... before my parents coming together time, too. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, well, you know what? Google it. It was, it was, it was, it was a phenomenon. I mean, yeah. it was really – there was a place here in McKeesport, Pennsylvania, which I've done shows in the building. It's called the Palisades. And uh, so that's where they had the big uh, wrestling uh, ring put up. And, oh, man, my grandmother was like 90 years old. She was, you know, kill him, kill him. <laughs> yeah. oh, it, was, it was funny. Oh, it was hilarious. Uh, Joe, you mentioned yeah. UFC starting in 93. Was it more like 2003? I mean, no, no, there was UFC 1 back in. Yeah, it was definitely in, in the, um, I'll look it up right now. maybe? Yeah, I don't because I don't remember. I, I know ninety three. Uh, yeah, nineteen. Uh, yeah, nineteen ninety three. because I remember first hearing about it in the the late night, or I think yeah. maybe mid or late nineties. Me too. I never heard of it before. Then must have been very low. It's kind of the same thing. A lot of people don't realize WWF back in nineteen seventy was played over the freaking Spanish station. Like wow. it, it, when it came out at twelve min, not at twelve, but like at ten o'clock at night or. In the Spanish station, you couldn't see WWF, and it was called was it WWF before? And then it became yeah, WWF, right? yeah, in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Then it became WCW, and then there was also another uh, group, uh, which was WC. Before I think it became something where the Venerics used to fight. It was well, the- you you had the WWF and WCW that were kind of um, right that yeah. were competition, and then yeah. WWF ended up buying. Uh, WCW, and then because of uh, trademark violations with the um, uh, oh, what was it? The uh, World Wildlife World Federation. World, yeah. yeah, they had to change it to W. Uh, what is it called now? WWE. Yeah, yeah. WWE World yeah. World Wrestling Entertainment, something like that, I believe. Which yeah. is kind of funny because WWF was probably older than Wild. I mean, I'm I'm very surprised. I never heard that joke, but I'm very shocked in uh, that they were able to. But yeah. one thing I want to say to you though. The WCW, that's where Dusty Rhodes and a lot of those people came from that part. And the Venerics, there was the father and I think four sons. And all the sons died and the father's still alive, which is wild. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's I believe you're right, Joe, 100% on that, man. Yeah, I like some of the old time guys. I, I just read an article the other day about the French angel. Uh, I forget his name exactly, but he was the guy that Trek was uh, supposedly patterned after. And I... Uh, he was pretty cool. Like he had that disease where your where your jaw grows real big and your hands and feet grow real large. He was called the French Angel. Fifties. If you if if you search him, what's uh, it called? He, the French Angel. Yeah, he was really cool looking. You know what? I mean, oh, he was yeah. Only, yeah, he was only like five foot nine and stuff, but his hands and like his jaw was real big. I forget the name of the disease, but those, oh, wow. those the extremities grew really large, and he looked really cool. I thought he was pretty. He, he pretty almost cool kind of has like a. a he looks like a shorter version of Rondo Hatton. Yeah, yeah, right. And like they the, say that that's you know, I mean, I mean, like you know, like Disney were never you know you know stated it outwardly, but supposedly that's the who they pattern after Shrek, you know, the character. Yeah, right. I could man. Now that you yeah. said, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah, but that was a t- that was a tough. I mean, yeah, that's guy. like a spitting image. You put him next to Shrek, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, now, is I that? Like the- is that a tough-looking guy or what? I mean, like, imagine him coming after you. I'd go, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. I'm not going to mess with him, but, yeah, he looks uh, – let's see. I'm, I'm going to look him up and see what he um, – He's a cool-looking so guy. So he was born in 1903 in Russia, and he right. uh, died in 1954 in um, Chicago, Illinois. So his wrestling ring names were the French Angel and the World's Ugliest Man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really. Yeah. yeah. So he was – uh, this is – I think this is taking a little liberties here because he was billed at five foot nine, and that's uh, I don't know. He looked a little that's small. Sure, he has the name of that disease. What's it called? Uh, Sherry? Joe, acromegaly. A chromegaly. A chromegaly. Yeah, I think didn't. Um, oh, who's that? Lincoln. Yeah, yeah they. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. They said President Lincoln even had a tat of that. Somehow his his features were uh, starting to get oh, extended. Uh, that's the that's the rumor anyway. Yeah. So I well. Don't, what, what you're saying there, uh, remember, Joe, back in those days, people 5'9 was pretty tall. People yeah, you know what? Back 60, 70 yeah. years ago, that was fairly, you know, fairly tall. 
Yeah, he was only 50 when he died. Sherry pulled up his profile. And, and one Sherry, thing, what was the, the name of that, that disease? Cro-Magaly. Cro-Magaly. A-C-R-O-M-E-G-A-L-Y. Okay. Acromegaly. Yeah, that's the same disease in that um, Rondo Hatton had as well. Okay. Oh, just, oh uh, and... And and the guy that played the uh, uh, the Canamite, uh, Richard Kill, he had that also, and he played um, uh, Moonraker in the uh, Jaws. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and Jaws. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I met Richard Kill, and that poor guy, man, he was like bound to a wheelchair. He was so mm -hmm. big. Uh, he, you know, I'm actually in one of the YouTube videos my friend took, but I mean, he's not that great at uh, taking film, as you can see. But uh, uh, he's got his entire hand in my face. He covers my head and face with his arm. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big, a huge man. It was a huge man. A, a lot of people used to confuse him for Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch. And, you know, believe it or not, Lurch used to get mad at that. <laughs> he, he didn't want to be compared to that guy. And one time I think he made a comment like, I'm not an idiot or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, believe it or not, I was, I was reading about the French angel. He was a lawyer. He studied, he passed his bar exam and everything. He was not a, he was he was not a stupid man. This man was very very well, intelligent. I tell you what, I'm looking. There's a lot of people, a lot of famous people that we didn't even think of that had that disease. Uh, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. That's um, the Big Show, who's a, a, a I think yeah. he's still currently professional wrestling. Uh, you said mm -hmm. Ted Cassidy, Rondo Hatton, um, the Great Kali. He was a uh, Indian professional wrestler. He did some time in the, yeah. the WWF as well. Right. Um, you had Richard Keel, like you guys uh, discussed mm -hmm. as well. Tony Robbins, the motivational oh, uh, speaker. Oh, yeah, his forehead does look like it overhangs a little. Yeah, I know. I yeah, so that. That, that's crazy that there's a lot of these, um, a lot of these famous people that have it. You would think that they would, you know, come out and talk about it more. And mm -hmm. um, because I'm sure there's, you know, some kids out there or, or younger people that are suffering from it, and yeah. you know, might be having a hard time with it. But man, that's you right. know. You, you got some of these stars that are now that would be great if they were talking about it and how many famous people had great mm -hmm. careers and great lives That's right. because of, you know, of, of this, uh, yeah, I don't know if you would call it a disease or, you know, I'm sure to some of them, it, it's, it, you know, it was a, um, a blessing because it, you know, propelled their careers and their, their fame and everything. Well, and, I mean, and, you know, and no one ever looked down on, on those guys, you know, Rondo oh. Hatton, he's, you know, well-remembered Ted Cassidy. I mean, all these guys, all these wrestlers, you know, Andre the Giant, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's really cool to know that all these people had them, that. It is, Joe. Uh, Joe, I think the name derives from, uh, like, the Crow Magnum because they get features that that are different. But when you say – that's why Anthony Hopkins, Joe, especially when you mention him, his voice is so rough. Like, you, when he's trying to talk, he's like, hey, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's because of that. You're right. I never knew he had that. Yeah, and Anthony Robbins, I think, is there. Anthony Robbins, I'm sorry, that's the yeah, one. Tony Robbins, Tony right? Robbins. No, 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 right. I'm, I'm saying I'm Anthony Robbins. You, you know, actually, when you guys mentioned all those famous people, when I first started my first job, I actually got to meet the son of Antonino Roca. That was the Italian wrestler from the Ooh. and stuff. And yeah, I got to meet his son, and his son actually gave me a, a signed poster of him that I have somewhere. Wow, that's cool. I tell I tell you what, there was a there was a there was a professional uh, wrestler here in Pittsburgh. It was a, it was a female. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to get involved. I don't want to, you know, you mention my name. But anyway, she hired me for a magic show. I guess about 20 years ago. And you know what? Uh, you know, so uh, for the people that think that wrestling is fake, I mean, there is a real side to it. I mean, she could hardly walk. She was literally like oh, yeah. 30 mm -hmm. years old. It, she it said hurt. by she said by getting slammed on that. On that uh, wrestling ring, she said her back is in such bad shape that her husband would have to pull on her legs every morning to get her out of bed. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean that's that's what bad pain. So so she quit. She said I had to get out. I had to get out of it, you know. And I did check her name up. I mean, so uh, you they know, do. they slammed them down. Yeah, when, when they do that slamming, I mean, sure, that's you know that's the real part, man. Yeah. Well, you know, when when we when we say you know it's fake and all that, I guess that maybe the proper term would be uh, scripted scripted you know we definitely know it's scripted but man you know you see some of the poundings and there's there's been you know wrestlers that have been hurt and actually killed in the ring over Absolutely. you know the decade so yeah, oh, yeah it, it's it's tough i couldn't imagine putting your body through that no. um about broke, like 350 broken, days a year yeah you know broken noses their their noses are all broken they got cauliflower ears i mean that's a rough that's a rough you know, 
one thing you guys uh, don't also realize, a lot of times you get famous people that you won't even think what they're doing. A guy came one time by my job to deliver pizza. Now, the guy was a Hispanic guy, I think Dominican. But I don't know how the conversation came around. And uh, he said, um, I, I, I was actually a professional boxer. And uh, we're getting some feedback really bad. Can you hear it? No. No, I'm, uh, Joe, I mean, Chuck or Joe, anybody? Sounds no, like I don't hear anything. How about you, Joe? No. Okay, no, I'm hearing. But anyway, the point is that um, the guy comes in, and when he was saying he was a boxer and he had fought foreman and all that, I forgot his name, right? I got to look him up, but I know that one of my coworkers says, what are you doing delivering pizza? The guy looked at him. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I looked up the guy. He had fought foreman. I go, dude, you, you want this guy to take you outside and let you <laughs> yeah. have it? You yeah, know? he'll beat the crap out of you. But he said that, you know, apparently a divorce he was in, uh, he lost over $3 million in the divorce process. There you go. So you get people that are famous in the street and you never even know about it, which is very yeah, interesting. True. Yeah. Be careful who you marry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. Taking she was away. worse than for George Foreman on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. How, how old are you, Jason? I, I didn't get oh, – what's, oh. what's uh, your, your, your age? 51. 51. Oh, okay. Well, that's not too bad. Yep. Okay. So, so Joe would be the youngest then. 40, yeah, he's the baby. 42. I, I am the baby of it. Don't yeah. kid yourself. Come on. <laughs> we all know Joe is older than he's talking. I am the baby of it. I'm the senior. I am only 32 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's what's the line? I got I got underwear older than that. Yeah. yeah. You know what? The older I get, I got neckties that are older than my kids. No kidding. I just, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Guys, older than you. Second. One second. Joe said thirty-two. He's forty-two. Forty-two. Thirty-two. Oh. He just took away ten years from yeah. me. He's a master ninja. I'm going by what I how I look. How about oh, that? <laughs> if we went by that, I'd be seventy-five then. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's I'd be that old if we went for how my body feels. And I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe seventies. Yeah, <laughs> she hey, said she feels eighty. You know, <laughs> that's so funny. You know, you guys definitely don't look that. But Joe says, I got a question for you. You showed a manual. Do you have that manual of karate that when you were young? Because you show oh your uh, your uncle's manual. What's it? Your yeah, uncle? you know what? There's um, I I have all those manuals and everything, but the it, it was kind of like it, it's a it's a weird story and, and i think i we discussed it last time about the guy, that, guy from the the um the martial arts place that put out uh the book about it and all that well he put out all these manuals and everything in the um in the early 80s and all that and they were really only meant for students of, of that school and everything that's why i didn't put out you know too much of them um because I, I do have, you know, some booklets and pamphlets and all that and, and VHS, but it was very strictly at the time. And I haven't talked to him since. I don't know if he's let up on that. So that's why I didn't want to put out too much because it was it was very strictly for just the students of, of that craft. And that's why it was passed from my uncle to me because I did, you know, attend there at the time. But, yeah, I can't, you know, put out too much without kind of like his permission to do so and i haven't you know talked to him in quite a while yeah. joe all the you know all the evidence is showing that you are the master ninja you don't want to confess <laughs> yeah i I'm wish clean, joe all i wish then i'd be doing movies and i'd be the, the next chuck norris yeah. <laughs> well chuck norris is still doing commercials yeah yeah and it's what 70s yeah, he yeah. looks. Yeah, he looks good I, for his age. And his I, uh, brother, I think, his brother was heavily into martial arts, if I'm not mistaken. I used he to was, love him in Texas Ranger, man. I said, yeah, yeah. I, said I know how he's going to dispatch that bad guy. Roundhouse kick. Uh, yeah, he, every time. Nice demeanor when he talks and stuff. He seems like such. A, he seems like such a nice man. You, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And he played these tough roles, but I don't know. It's just the way. He yeah, he, I mean, he was a huge, huge action star in the '80s. You know, all those. You know, old Vietnam, you know, he was this disgruntled oh, yeah. Vietnam vet, so he had to go back and get, you know, yeah. POWs, or you seen him as a, you know, disgruntled detective that took the law in his own hands. He was always, you know, playing some some huge action uh, starring role. You know, him, you had Stallone, you know, all those guys, man, they all were just, guys. they were huge. Oh, yeah. We just watched a, a, a Liam Neeson movie the other day. 
And I told it, it, it was called the commuter. It was really good because you know what? It kind of turns me off because he's always beating the crap out of somebody. It's like, oh man! Like but yeah. this one turned this turned out pretty good. He he didn't really he did it once maybe. No, he did a few. Maybe two yeah. times, <laughs> but it, but it was really it had a nice story to it. I can't stand those movies where I'll find you, I'll kill you. I love yeah. Those Somebody gets taken. I just don't like it. I, you know, it's just too much. You know, it's funny because you look at like the action stars of like the the 80s and the action stars of today, and they're completely different. You know, the 80s they were real muscular and gruff, and they were like a man's man. Yeah, yeah. And then today they're very like refined and you know skinny, maybe a little bit of muscle on them. Yeah, but, difference, you know. big difference. Yeah. He's like how tall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Liam Neeson's six four, six he's five. Tall. He's tall. He's really? really? Spring bean. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was shorter. No, check him. Look him up. I believe he's six four. From you know, let me tell you something, Chuck. When it came to taking and stuff, the first movie was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it to death. But then the other ones, it's true what you're saying. They kind of overdo the same thing over and yeah, over. Yeah, they overdo the same scenario. It's like that's enough. Um, you know, that's like Jason. Jason, uh, what was it Jason Bourne? Oh yeah, the first good and stuff, and then, and then when it yeah. got to like the fifth one, it's that he wasn't even in it. Yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you run out of taken. Like Sherry said, what are they going to take his dog? You know, I mean, they took my hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I will find you. I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah, a series but, but on the, Amazon the... I watched recently with uh, the Reacher series that was actually really good. I was surprised how good it was. It, it what was it called? Uh, Reacher. It was, uh... Oh, you know what? Someone told me about that. I, mm. I have yet to watch it. I heard it was good too. And I tell you what else was. Uh, good on Amazon was um, that Navy SEAL show with um, Chris Pratt. Oh, I haven't seen that. I can't remember what it's called, but that was really good. And then there's a um, another one on there that is um, oh, it's it's with the guy that was in the office uh, that played Jim, and it's uh, oh Barry. What the... No, um, what the heck? They're on season three, and it was based off of a. Uh, Tom Clancy books. Well, what the heck was it called? Uh, what's his main his main uh, protagonist? Tom Clancy's in all his books. Why is it? It's it's Jack like Ryan? Yeah. Jack Ryan. Yeah. Oh, Jack so, Ryan. So they're on season three of Jack Ryan, and this is like a um, this is like a he just started in his his career. So they're on I think season three, but these are like the first few years of his career. And it's uh, it's really good. The guy that I can't remember his name. The uh, the guy that plays Jim on The Office mm-hmm. is the uh, the main guy. Is I Jack can't remember Pyle. his name either. John. Oh, John Krasinski. Yeah, John Krasinski. That's, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Joe, did you? I don't know if you mentioned we we talked a lot. Did anybody ever watch The Blacklist? No, but I heard Eddie loves that show, don't you, Eddie? I heard Eddie hates that show. Uh, I actually... I think he's obsessed with it. I watched the season like three times each season already. Isn't it? Wow. The the thing that kind of... It's already on its 10th season starting, but I'm surprised NBC is starting at the end of January, and yet they did 22 shows. It doesn't make sense. Hey, I, have never, you guys... I never watched it. I never watched it. You got that, that's, uh, that's James Spader, right? That's correct. It's, yeah. I like James show... Spader. Yeah, yeah, I like him. If have you, you guys watch... heard of this series on Amazon Prime? And I, a buddy of mine just told me about it last night, and I watched the first episode. I thought it was was an interesting idea. Of it. It's called the Hunt. It's called Hunters on Amazon. No, I've never seen it. Joe, I, I did see a little bit, but I haven't seen the show. How is yeah, it? I guess they just started season two, but it's a... um. I, I guess it's kind of like a, a conspiracy drama where uh, it's, it takes place in the 70s. But um, after World War II, a lot of Nazis infiltrated um, the U.S. government in, in high areas of, of the United States in, in politics and law enforcement. So there's like this uh, group of like, I guess, I don't know if they're just there or if there's some Jewish and Americans but they're they're hunters, so they're going after and they're trying to locate these these Nazis and kill them. But then on the same time, there's a Nazi faction of hunters that are going around and hunting these hunters. Ugh. And the first episode is was I tell you what, you watch it and just the first, I don't know, three minutes of it, like my mouth was like hitting the floor. I'm like, holy crap. It was just it was weird and it's it's good, it, you know. It, it's it's a very good show, but it's kind of one of those things that makes you think, especially if you know the ins and outs of 
you know, project paperclip and all that. And how mm-hmm. you know, I was telling the guy that was that introduced me to it last night, he wasn't aware of project paperclip. Oh, yeah. So I was telling him how, yeah, this, you know, stuff like that actually happened. You know, we took mm-hmm. top level scientists and we brought them over here and they started our NASA. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, ventured off into politics and all that. So it's, you know. Oh, yeah. We would have never, like gotten, that is, is, never gotten to the moon if it wasn't for the German scientists. Right. I I said, so, you know, you you don't know, you know, how far, you know, they might have actually infiltrated uh, politics. I said, so that's like, a, you know, an interesting, uh, interesting concept for the show. So I'm on episode two and uh, I think I'm going to keep watching it because it, it's really good. That sounds pretty cool. You know what? I'm still waiting to come out. Squid Games, too. I don't know if any of you. Oh, man, Squid I can't games. wait for Squid Games. Too. Oh, you know what? My son Nick told us about Squid Games about a year go and, and i said i don't like the sound of that i said i don't know if i like this and i, I sure and i watched the first episode we yeah we were hooked we we we, we binge watched it. it that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen wow. yeah i thought that was a, a very interesting and uh you know new concept i i kind of you know i think halfway through the the show i i or halfway through the series, I, I kind of figured out who was the main guy. Yeah, I was and, suspicious too, Joe. Chuck was, yeah. yeah, Chuck knew. Yeah, I was very suspicious. But I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of like the premise of the whole show, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it. second series is going to be really cool yeah. to see. You know what? So if there's anybody out there in podcast land that did not watch Squid Games, you have to watch Give it. it. Give it a try. It's really, really good. You won't be. It'll blow your mind. It really yeah. will. Yeah, I wonder, do they have a? I'm gonna look it up now. I don't mm-hmm. know if they ever have a, a release date. If they put out a release date, yeah, check it out. I can't uh, wait. I don't oh. think it's out yet, Joe. I think it's coming soon. I think. Coming yeah, soon. I don't think it's out yet, but I don't know if they put a uh, a release soon date. Soon to a theater near you. <laughs> there is a rumor. There is a rumor. Re- but one thing I'm gonna tell you guys, I and you know, with everything you're saying, it's kind of like you gotta guess. It's like a detective. But if you watch like the first three or four shows of the blacklist you'll be stuck for life (laughs) you won't be able to put it down so Um, that's been on for what you said 10 seasons no i know it's yeah surprising they thought it was going to be over after four and it keeps adding on and on and on wow it's starting its 10th season i think january 28th Um, wow so they're they're saying uh it should be uh, completed and broadcast by 2024. That's the only um, oh, information on it. It's in production. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, does yeah. your wife like Blacklist? Uh, I made her watch it. I I, I tied her to the sofa. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes Blacklist. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, 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 no. She loved it. The, the thing is, I got my my son's father-in-law involved. Oh, wow. I got a lot of people. And then the problem with it that it was kind of crazy is that they would call me constantly to see what happened and what do I think, Mike? Because the thing with the blacklist is that it's kind of like a detective's thing throughout the whole thing. Okay. James Spader plays the best part of his life, I think, in that show. Hmm. And one of the things about the blacklist is it's everybody. I don't know if you guys, the idea of the show is that the most wanted FBI person in the world goes to the FBI. He turns himself in and he says that he's going to answer to a person by the name of Elizabeth King, who was a brand new profile that was just a, hired by the FBI like a week before and he says that he's going to turn over all the black people that make the blacklist that don't even make the most wanted list of how bad they are huh. so they, they're, the whole show is like who is he really why does he know so much and this guy uh, which is James Spader as, as Raymond Reddington he basically controls the FBI he even controls the United States presidency huh. it's, it's a phenomenal fi- uh, show uh-huh. Um, I mean, you really can get into it. It's emo. It's it got ups and it's great. I might like that. Thing. I'll give it a try. If like I said, just watch the first one, and you're gonna be the second and third uh, episodes. They're okay. When you watch after the third or fourth, you just can't put it down. Okay, so it gets better then. It gets yeah, on a roll. It, it, it's kind of like uh, there's a book uh, they put for kids a couple of years ago. I mentioned it before. That was called. Uh, Something of unfortunate events, I think. Oh, series of unfortunate events. Yeah, that was neat. A series Lem- of unfortunate events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lemony Pickett or something like that. Was yeah. Snicket, yeah. Snicket. I took one of those books. Yeah, it was my my my. I think it was my son's. I mean, years ago, and I started reading the. It's a kids book, and I'm like, darn, I can't put this book down. Went to page turners. Those are page turners. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, that's. That writer's phenomenal. I actually read like three or four of them. Yeah. Netflix did a great series on on the those books. 
with uh, Neil Patrick Harris as uh, mm. Olaf, and he did a great job. Hmm. Yeah, I never saw the series, but that, that's but the same thing with the blacklist. Now, Joe, uh, you watched another series one time that you mentioned to us. Um, do you remember what it was? Yeah, that's uh, that kind of sums it up. <laughs> well, thanks no, for no, giving no. me a good clue. <laughs> you know, you, you uh, <laughs> watched something once. What was it? I watched something once? Yeah, <laughs> it was good. I tell you what, it he was, always does it. It, it comes good. up with some crazy name, and then you Google it, and it's something totally different. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, it's, it's it um, was good. Yes, I, I did watch it once. It was good, <laughs> whatever well, it was. We, we insert your about, own, uh, insert your own, own TV idea. show. <laughs> no, we were talking one time about Project Blue Book and how I think it didn't stand up to what it was and it was not a good show. And you mentioned another one, uh, that during that talk, I, I forgot, but it was something like conspiracy theories or something like that. You don't, but anyway, Maybe it was the one on, on Netflix. I know there's, I think there's one on there called unclassified or something yes Ooh, that's, the that's, one. A, that's, the that's one. a good one. Oh my goodness joe that's if you're, you're one, not familiar yeah. yeah, it's ufo files declassified i think it is yeah. yeah something like that on netflix i think that's the one i watched i i believe i made i'm on like the third uh episode or something like that but it, it's yeah. good so far those are well, they bring out cases i've never heard of wow. yeah that's yeah that's the one that I, I was the same way chuck i'm like uh I started watching. I'm like, man, you know, these are going. They're going to go through the same old tired cases you hear all the time. But yeah, they're all. They brought out some stuff I never even heard of. Yeah, and it goes on for several seasons. I just binge watched it when you know, like every time Sherry went up to sleep, up to go to bed. I said, well, I'm going to put this on, and I watched like six or seven episodes. I fell asleep. (laughs) Next day, I watched six more. It's really, really good. Wow. It's all about UFOs. All about UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. There's one Joe that I don't know if you watch, but there's a guy on. I think he's on uh, either Tubi, or but it says like unclassified files. He's got glasses and he's got a rough face. He's some government guy. I forgot who he is. I got to bring the name up in the next show. But I saw one of his things. I think it's called Exposed, uh, Unclassified uh, something Exposed. I think it was Tubi that I saw it on, mm-hmm. or Prime Video, one of the two. Uh-huh. But I got to tell you, man, it was like damn. You know, it left me thinking. Tubi has a lot of great shows on it for for free. They really do. And this particular one mentioned where the Egyptians didn't really find the pyramid. I mean, build the pyramids. They kind of found them uh, because they're supposed to be like some type of electrical. The whole thing is that the show itself was pretty good. I actually have to. The the pyramids were the original house of the unusual. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Supposed to tell the world, man. Yeah, they were like uh, generators or something. They were and they were originally built by another civilization thousands of years before the Egyptians. I think. Cool. I did see that. Yeah. Well, hey guys, we're gonna wrap it up here. We got a couple minutes left, so we're gonna give a quick shout out to our uh, our sponsors and everybody out there listening. You know, always a huge thank you to everyone out there in podcast land that that tunes into us uh, every week, or if you're new and just t- turned in, you know, g- listen to a few uh, episodes. Give us a chance. I think you'll have a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of different and cool stuff on here, um, stuff that you know we like to talk about and other guests like to talk about. And if you're interested in being a guest, get a hold of us. We have a uh, a website, houseoftheunusual.com. There's a forum site on there. It's absolutely free to join. Uh, you can post on there. And uh, if you want to be a guest, get a hold of us or we'll get a hold of you. You know, that's how we got in touch with Jason there. He was uh, he joined the forum. He started posting there. And, you know, he's been on the uh, the podcast a few times now talking about stuff that he likes and that we like and teaching us about some new stuff. And that's what this whole community is about, that we are yes, we're building here and trying to build. Uh, also, check us out on YouTube. Type in House of the Unusual. Um, they'll pop up. Eddie and Chuck are always putting up some great videos. Uh, so like and subscribe to that. Also, whatever podcast that you are listening to us on, uh, please subscribe to us. Give us a good review if you so choose to. And uh, tune in every week. And, um, guys, that, that's about uh, all that I have for, for us today. I'm not going to go through all of our uh, our friends and all that. We've gone through that a lot. Maybe next week or something like that. But, uh Chuck, Sherry, Eddie, uh, uh, Jason, do you guys have any last final words? We got about a minute left. So if everybody wants to scream out what their final <laughs> words are. <laughs> hey, that was a fun podcast. It was yeah. it was a predominantly a kung fu night. I'm going to watch a Bruce Lee movie now. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. There you go. Get the appetite whetted. And one thing I'm going to say, guys, I noticed Ski. I received something from Ski today. He's hiding somewhere. 
but it blew my mind, guys. I'm not going to mention about it now, but he is he's good. I think I got the same thing that you're talking about, Eddie, that I was um, I was planning on mentioning it on the next podcast. So we'll definitely have to. Uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, we'll have to talk about <laughs> it. I, I just opened mine up. I didn't get a chance to dig into it, but it's it's very cool. So everyone out there, stay tuned because we, we got a great surprise for you guys uh, next podcast. And uh, guys, everyone, thanks for joining us. Hope to hope to see everybody next week and uh, have a good night, y'all. All right, God good bless night. Everybody. All right, bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.